joining online with us this morning. Thank you guys for being with us today. Man, this is a great Sunday. It's a great fall, October, Monday. I'm not Monday, Sunday. <laughs> getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of the week. But man, this is a, it's a, it's a great day to be here. Last week, we uh, talked about the big three. Talked about a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. And I encourage you, if you missed that message, you can go on our Facebook page. You can watch that. Or you can go on our app to listen to it, or uh, you can listen to it on Spotify as well. But today, we're actually starting a new sermon series entitled, So. And if y'all see, there's three dots in So, so they all stand for something. So you have to come back the next two weeks to find out what the E and the W stand for. But today, we're going to start with the S in So. And I'm super excited about that, but let's just open up in a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here in the room in our midst. We thank you that you speak to us at all the same time in many different ways. And I thank you that you open up our hearts today to receive from you. I bind any distractions, any hindrances of the enemy that would try to taint us and hinder us from hearing what you would have to speak. Speak clearly to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So we're starting a new series, as I mentioned, called So. And the first message in so that we're talking about today, the S, y'all want to know what the S stands for? Savior. Savior, that's a good one. Anybody else? Salvation. Stand. Stand. Y'all write that down. Stand. The first S today in so is talking about stand. And when you live a life for God, there are going to be moments in your life where you're just going to have to stand. There's going to be situations that you walk through, obstacles, tests, trials, many different things that you walk through that you're like, I don't know what else to do. But when you don't know what else to do, you're just going to have to stand. And I feel like that's one component of the Christian faith that I feel like a lot of believers don't have. They don't know how to stand. When things get difficult, when times get tough, when things don't go the way that they thought they should, they don't stand, they run. They shrink back. And I don't believe that that's how God's people should be. And that's not how God was. When Jesus came on earth, when he left heaven, when he put on flesh, he stood every single test that came his way. And there's so many examples in the Bible of people that said, you know what, no matter what the enemy throws my way, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stand. And when I think about a person that stood that through whatever they faced, I think about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a person that he said, you know what, I'm going to stand. I don't know what the devil's trying to throw my way, but guess what? I'm going to stand. So today we're going to highlight Jeremiah in the first uh, message on this series, So, in, in standing. And if you turn your Bibles, we'll have it on the screen for you in Jeremiah chapter 26. We'll be here for this whole message, Jeremiah 26, starting in verse 1. It says, this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord early in the region of a reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord says, stand in the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord and make an announcement to the people who have come here to worship from all over Judah. So from the beginning, God told him, I want you to stand in the courtyard of the temple of the Lord and I want you to give an announcement to all the people that come here and worship. So that's the first thing. I'm giving you an assignment, uh, Jeremiah. 
I'm giving you a word that I want you to speak to all of God's people. I'm, I'm giving, that's the assignment. This is what I'm giving you. Give them the entire message. Include every word. Now, why did God say that? Give them the entire message. Include every word. Verse 3. Perhaps they will listen and turn from their evil ways. Then I will change my mind about the disaster I am ready to pour out on them because of their sins. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. If you will not listen to me and obey my words I have given you, and if you will not listen to my servants, the prophets, for I sent them, sent them again and again to warn you, but you would not listen to them. And I will destroy this temple as I destroyed Shiloh, the place where the tabernacle was located. And I will make Jerusalem an object of cursing in every nation on earth. So there's three areas that I want to highlight today that we have to stand in. The first one we just read through this passage. The first area that when we make a declaration that we're going to be a follower of Christ, when we're making a declaration that says, God, I trust you. God, I believe you. God, I want to do all the things that you've purposed for me to do in my life. When you do those things, there are certain things you're going to have to stand by. So that's what this whole first message is about. There's areas in our life we're going to have to take a stand. This is the first message or the first point. You can write this down. Also, the notes are on the app as well. You could go back and take a look at those as well. But the first area you're going to have to learn how to stand is, is to stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God. That's point number one. You can write that down. What God was telling Jeremiah was to, he said, speak the entirety of everything that I've given you. He says, say every single word that I've given you. Don't shrink back and saying exactly what I told you. And I was thinking about that. I was like, well, Jeremiah is a prophet. He hears from the Lord. Why in the world would God tell them to say, he said, give them the entire message, include every word. Why would God tell Jeremiah, a prophet, to say, don't miss a word, speak everything, give every single word that I've given you. And I started to think about that. And I felt like the Lord was, he spoke this to me. He said, this is more or less for the reader in this, in this passage, that I don't want you to diminish my word. Because there's so many times where we can diminish the word of God. We can read something in scripture and we can say, well, I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't really know if I agree with that. But God says, no, do not diminish a single word that I have spoken. That's what God was, he was trying to convey here. He was like, don't diminish a single word that I have spoken. So when we stand, we have to stand on the entirety of the word of God. Because one thing I know is this, is that when you begin to stand on the word of God, guess what? Things begin to happen. It may seem like, oh, oh, I stand on the word of God, but get in a room full of people that don't stand on the word of God. Just start sta standing on the word of God in a room full of people, in a group of people that don't believe in the word of God, and just see how tense the room gets. Just see how awkward the conversation turns when people don't stand on the word of God. And I remember this is one time, tomorrow and I wasn't even married yet. We were leading a small group, and I don't know how the discussion got to this topic, but somehow the topic got on, um, it was homosexual marriage. And one of the girls in the room was very adamant that she stood for it. 
And she was like, my roommate is, 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 is a homosexual, and she's my best friend. And she knows more of the word of God than I do. And, and, and I was like, well, that's great. But I was like, just because you know the word doesn't mean you stand on the word. And it's like, I believe what the word, the word of God says about marriage. And if God says that he created man, male and female, and that the two become one, then I believe that's what the biblical definition of marriage is. And that's what we stand by. Oh, boy. Did the room turn. The room turned. And she got hot. And, every, and it's about 25, 30 of us in the room. And everybody's looking like, oh, what they going to say? What they going to say? <laughs> and I was like, and she was like, well, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to abandon her? Am I supposed to turn my back on her? I was like, no, I'm not saying that at all. I was like, whenever did it come out of my mouth that you were to abandon her and turn your back on her? All I'm saying is, this is what the word of God says, so I trust it despite what I think or feel. So I'm going to stand on the word of God. And what I'm saying is this, is that if a person is living that lifestyle and they say that, hey, I realize that I've come to a place where I realize this is wrong and I need help to break free from this, then I would say I would welcome that person. I would walk with that person. I would do, I would love on them. I would respect them. I would never disrespect anyone because every single person deserves respect. You don't disrespect anybody despite of their lifestyle. You respect and love every person. But what I'm saying is that I'm not going to consider that person a best friend that I call when I'm going through trouble if I know that they're totally opposed to the word of God. Because he says if we, if we can't agree on things because the word of God is our foundation. The word of God is the foundation that if we disagree, we have to go to the word to settle our disputes. But if you don't agree with the word of God, then how can we agree? She didn't like that. And then she went on social media. This church doesn't care about people. This church doesn't like people. And it's like, no, no, no. So what I'm saying is stand on the word of God and just watch what the enemy does. It sounds like, oh, oh, I believe in the word. But just get in a situation when you really have to stand on the word of God. Start standing on the word of God in your finances and see what the enemy does. Start doing that. Start standing on the word of God in your family to see the salvation of your family and see what the enemy does. Start standing on the foundation of the word in your health and see what the enemy does. What is he going to do? As soon as he sees you standing for the word, he's going to begin to attack you. Why? Because he says, oh, they're serious. Oh, they're standing on the word. I got to do something about this. Because he knows that the word is our strength. He knows the word is our strength. And when you fear man... More than you fear God, you always shrink back on the word. You always say, you know what? I mean, I just don't read this certain part of the Bible. I just read the Proverbs because it gives me encouragement. I just like the Psalms because Psalms, they uplift me. But we don't never read, we don't want to read Romans where it talks about sin and, and, and the sexual immorality inside of us. And we don't want to read those things because, ooh, that's a little bit too deep. And we stop standing on the word. This is what happens when you don't stand on the word of God. First thing that happens when you don't stand on the word, you become apathetic towards the word. I know what the word says, but I don't know how I feel about that. It's, you know what? It's not that serious. You don't have to take the word literally. It's just a book of suggestions that God gives us. We don't have to take it that serious. I know the word says I should forgive, but sometimes you just can't forgive. You just got to hold on to it. No, apathetic. 
When you don't stand on the word, you become apathetic. When you don't stand on the word, you have no peace or stability. The word brings peace and stability. It strengthens you. When you stand on the word, you talk about some peace and stability that will come. That's not saying that things are not going to go against you. But what I'm saying is when they do, things do come against you, you have the word to stand on that can give you peace and stability and strength. And a lot of times the reason we don't have peace, stability, and strength is because we don't stand on the word. We stand on our emotions. And your emotions will fail you every single time. You need the word to stand on to bring you peace and stability. But if you don't stand on the word, you won't have those things. Another thing, if you don't stand on the word, you will always side with your emotions and feelings. Every single time, if you don't stand on the word, you'll always go with your emotions and feelings. This is what I feel. This is what I think I should do. So that's what I'm going to do. Forget what the word says. This is what I feel because my feeler is right. I know how I know better than my, I know what to do. But how many times has yourself got you in trouble? How many times has your feelings and your emotions got you in trouble? Why is that? Because you didn't stand on the word. Y'all see how important it is that we stand on the word? We have to stand. So the first thing in our, in our stand, we're in this new series, so the first thing we have to do, the S stands for stand. We have to stand on the word. Amen? Amen. Let's pick up uh, in Jeremiah 26, verse 7. We're going to keep reading. We're in the same passage. This is the same story. The priests and the prophets. So after Jeremiah, the God gave Jeremiah the instructions, and he spoke those things. This is what, the, this is what happened in verse 7. The priests and the prophets and all the people listened to Jeremiah as he spoke. In, the front, in front of the Lord's temple. But when Jeremiah had finished his message, saying everything that the Lord had told him to say, so Jeremiah said, he, he, he said it in its entirety. He didn't leave a single word out. He said every single thing that the Lord told him to say to the Lord's people. This, that's what he did. It was, when Jeremiah said everything the Lord told him to say, the priests and the prophets, all the people at the temple mob, mobbed him. Kill him, they shouted. So this man, I want you all to think about this. Jeremiah is a prophet. He hears from the Lord. The Lord gives him a clear word. Speak this word to my people in the temple where they worship me. He gives them a clear word and says exactly what God says to God's people. Their reply is, kill him, they shouted. Kill him. What right do you have to prophesy in the Lord's name that this temple will be destroyed like Shiloh? What do you mean saying that Jerusalem will be destroyed and left with no inhabitants? And all the people threatened him as he stood in front of the temple. Verse 10, when the officials of Judah heard what was happening, they rushed over from the palace. So now they got the officials involved. So now they just brought more people into it. When the officials of Judah heard what was happening, they rushed over from the palace and sat down at the new gate of the temple to hold court. The priests and prophets presented their accusations to the officials and the people and, and the people. This man should die, they said. You have heard with your own ears what a traitor he is, for he has prophesied against this city. Boy, you start standing on the word of God. And this is the second thing that happens. The enemy, you have to stand against the attacks of the enemy. Stand against the attacks of the enemy. This is one of the big things that take Christians out. Because you feel like, I'm following the Lord. I'm pursuing the Lord. I'm standing on the word. But now the enemy's starting to attack me. Well, what you think he's going to do? He sees you standing on the word. He's got to try to take you out. Jeremiah 
speak clearly the word that God gave him to God's people. Now God's people want to kill him. Now they want to hold court and say, this man deserves to die. How dare you prophesy in the name of the Lord? Well, how do you feel when someone confronts you with truth? You don't like that, do you? Especially when you know you're wrong or you know you need to change. When somebody confronts you, you don't like that. You're just acting just like the mob. You might not say out of your mouth to kill them, but then your mouth, I wish they'd get out of my face, always coming to me, talking to me about that. What is that? That something rises up on the inside of you that you don't like the truth. When you stand on the word, the word does something to you. It, it, it causes things to shift because the word is contradict. The word, and I contradict, but the word opposes the flesh. The flesh doesn't like the word. The flesh likes what it likes. It doesn't like the word. It doesn't like the truth of the word. And when you stand on the word, the enemy will attack you. But you have to learn how to stand against the attacks of the enemy. If Jeremiah didn't say exactly what God told him to say, they wouldn't have tried to kill him. He could have tried to compromise. And you know what? I'm going to just say a little bit, but I'm not going to say everything because I don't want the people to, to, to mob me. But he didn't. He didn't shrink back. He stood against the attacks of the enemy. You have to stand against all attacks of the enemy. And the reason that the enemy attacks you the most when you begin to stand on the word of God is because he knows that at the beginning when you start to stand, that if he doesn't want to face you in full maturity of what God has for you. He's trying to get you from getting to a place of full maturity so he tries to kill you in infancy. Because he would rather deal in infancy what he doesn't want to deal with in maturity. So he'll try to take you out in the beginning. That's why it seems like it's so hard to follow God at the beginning stages because he's no use an infant and he don't want you to mature. Because he knows if you mature, then you know how to fight against him. So he'll try to take you out at the beginning because he's like, I don't want to deal with them when they get full grown in the Lord. So let me take them out while they're an infant. Those are the attacks. And when the attacks come, that's when we run. Oh, this is too much. I didn't, like, I just want to serve God. I didn't know it was going to take all this. I, I didn't know the enemy was going to come at me. Well, what do you think he's going to do? He hates you. He hates the fact that you said that I'm going to pursue the Lord. And when you make that declaration and you say, God, I'm going to follow you, please expect all attacks of the enemy. I know that's an encouraging word this morning. <laughs> but even in the attacks of the enemy, you have to learn how to stand. Stand. And when you stand against the attacks of the enemy, I'm telling you, something on the inside of you will rise up because you know who is with you. You know who's on your side. You know that God is right there with you. Jeremiah wasn't afraid to say what he had to say because he knew that God was with him. And we're going to read about that a little bit later on. But you can't be afraid to stand against the attack of the enemy and shrink back. Because every time you shrink back, what you do is you cut off the purposes of God that he has for your life. Every time you don't stand against the attack of the enemy, what you're doing is derailing what God has for you in the future. The plans and the purposes that God has for you, if you can't stand against the attacks of the enemy, you'll never get them. You might be frustrated in your walk. Well, I feel like God is not moving in my life. Well, it's because you're not standing against the attacks of the enemy to reach what God has for you. When you start standing against the attacks and you overcome some things, then guess what? Then you can draw closer to God and God can give you what he truly desires for you. But you got to walk through the attacks of the enemy and say, I'm going to stand. These are some areas that the enemy likes to attack. He likes to attack areas of fear. 
Anything that you have fear in your life, the enemy's always going to attack you there. You have fear in your finances, he's always going to attack you there. You have fear in your health, he's going to attack you there. You have fear in your relationships, he's going to attack you there. You have fear in your confidence and who you are as a person, he's going to attack you there. Any area that there's fear in your life, the enemy will always attack because that's an open door for him to operate in your life. So you have to ask yourself, what areas do I fear that I need to learn how to stand against the attack of the enemy in this life, in my life? Another area that the enemy attacks, he always attacks your weaknesses. He's not going to try to attack your strengths because you know you can overcome that, but he'll attack your weaknesses. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe you don't believe like you should, so he'll attack you in your faith. Did God really say that? Can God really do that? Can God really provide? And he'll begin to attack your weaknesses. Anything that you feel is a weakness in the open door or any area that's unstable, you have instability in your life, he'll always attack that instability. Any area that's unstable, any area that doesn't have peace, he will always attack those areas. And he'll also attack areas of uncertainty. You uncertain about your future, guess what he's going to attack? Your future. I don't know how you're going to make it. You see what it's like right now, and you really think God has a future for you? And you start, you know, I really don't know. How am I going to make it the next 15 years? You know, retirement is coming up. How am I, I going to provide myself when I retire? And he, boy, I'm telling you, I'm about to graduate college. Am I going to find a job? I know I was there. What in the world am I going to do with my life? Any area there's uncertainty, the enemy will always attack you. Every single time, because you know there's a weakness there. So we have to learn how to stand against the attacks of the enemies. Just look throughout your life. What areas are the enemy attacking you? Just think about it. You don't have to say it, but just think about it. Stand in those areas. Stand against his attacks. Because all he's trying to do is intimidate you to get you to stop pursuing the Lord so you can shrink back and not receive the fullness of what God has for you. So that's why he's attacking you. And if you feel like, I feel like I'm always being attacked, that just means God has something great for you that the enemy recognizes, and he don't want you to get there. But you just have to stand. Stand against his attacks. Amen? Amen. So the first thing, we have to stand on the word of God. Stand on the word. Get you some scriptures. Get them deep down inside of you. When things come against you, stand. Stand against the attacks of the enemy. And we're going to pick up in uh, verse 12 for the third thing that we have to stand in. In verse, uh, Jeremiah 26, verse 12. Then Jeremiah spoke to the officials and the people in his own defense. So now Jeremiah, he heard the attacks. These people mobbing him, trying to kill him. And verse 12 says, then Jeremiah spoke to the officials and the people in his own defense. The Lord sent me to prophesy against this temple and this city, he said. The Lord gave me every word that I have spoken. But if you stop your sinning and begin to obey the Lord your God, he will change his mind about this disaster that he has announced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me as you think best. But if you kill me, rest assured that you will be killing an innocent man. The responsibility for such a deed will lie on you, on this city, and on every person living in it. For this is absolutely true, that the Lord sent me to speak every word you have heard. Verse 16, then the officials and the people said to the priests and the prophets, this man does not deserve the death sentence, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord 
our God. So what is the third thing we have to stand on? We stand on the word. We stand against the attacks of the enemy. Third thing is we have to stand in times of testing. Stand in times of testing. Now, Jeremiah, he gets the word from the Lord. God, speak it in its entirety. Don't miss out a single word. He speaks the word. People come against him. We're going to kill you. Kill him. How is he going to prophesy in the name of the Lord against this city and this temple? Then Jeremiah says, hey, do what you will with me, but I'm a, you're killing an innocent man. Okay, you don't deserve to die. What is this? When the enemy comes and attacks you, all it really is is a test. The attacks of the enemy are nothing but tests. And tests come in all shapes, size, and forms. Little tests throughout the day. That could be test of your patience, test of your anger. You say, God, give me, give me peace, give me strength to overcome anger. Guess what? He's going to test you in that area. All tests are is an opportunity to draw closer to God. Jeremiah, he said that he's, he spoke in his own defense. And he's, he, did Jeremiah shrink back from what he said? Because think about it. You'll say, is, oh, I'll stand the test of time for God until you're in a situation when you have to stand the test. Think about it. You could, if, if you, I want you to really think about this. If you were in front of a group of people that just said, a mob of people said, we were about to kill you, would you go back and say exactly what you said that caused them to say we want to kill you? Or would you try to change your tune and like, come on, y'all. Y'all know me. I'm Jeremiah. You know I love y'all. I mean, I know that's what the Lord said, but do y'all really have to kill me? Does my, I'm just doing what the Lord told me to do. You know, I love y'all. Y'all need me to do anything for y'all? What, what, y'all need me to come pray for your household? I'll come do that. Did Jeremiah shrink back? No. He said exactly what the Lord told him to say, and he didn't shrink back. Because why? He said, you know what? I know what y'all are saying, but I'm not afraid of y'all. I'm going to stand during the face of this test. And there are going to be tests that are going to come up over and over and over again in your life. I remember one of the biggest tests that Tamara and I had to face as a couple was a few years ago at our former church in uh, Baton Rouge. It was a situation where we were, it was something that we held dear to our heart. And our pastor felt like, hey, I think it's up to y'all, whatever y'all want to do. Do y'all want to keep going or do y'all want to shut it down? And he said, but it's up to y'all. The decision is y'all's. Whatever y'all want to do, I'm behind you 100%. And we said, you know what? As much as this hurts, let's shut it down. Because it's for the best for the kingdom and for the church. It's not was my emotions, everything wanted to say, let's keep going. Let's keep doing it. But I said, you know what? This isn't right. I feel the Holy Spirit prompting us to say, this is not it. Let's shut it down. What was that? That was a test. It was the Lord testing, do you care more about your thing that you're building or do you care more about the church? Do you care more about my kingdom? And you know what? It was a God decision, but it was a test. And I feel like God puts tests in our lives so many times that may seem like difficult tests that go against everything that you feel. You may want to hold on to something, a dream, or something, but God says, I never gave you that dream. You're holding on to a dream that I never gave to you. It's just a test. But there are so many tests that comes our way that God is saying, hold on. Don't, don't, don't give up in the test. Testing is an opportunity to overcome fear and doubt. But if you never stand in times of testing, you will always be dominated by fear and doubt. They will automatically become your default response to testing. 
If you never overcome testing or stand against testing, fear and doubt will be your automatic response every single time. Anytime a test come up, fear and doubt is going to grip your heart, and that's how you're going to respond to the test, through fear and doubt, until you learn how to stand. When you start standing in test, then a strength will come up on the inside of you. Even if it feels like the situation isn't going your way or in your favor, something rises up. A strength comes on the inside of you from the Holy Spirit that says, you know what? I'm going to stand through this test. I'm not going to shrink back in this test. I'm going to stand. If you want to be an overcomer, you have to learn how to stand in times of testing. We have to learn how to grow strong in times of testing and receive the fullness of what God has for us. Later on in the, in the story, in this chapter, there's another person that we're introduced to, Uriah. Uriah speaks the exact same message that God gave Jeremiah. Uriah says the exact same thing to the people. The exact same word. He gave the exact same word that Jeremiah gave to the people, and he predicted the same disaster and the same outcome. Let's pick up in verse 21. Let's see how this story ends for Uriah. When King, in verse 21, when King Jehoiakim and the army officials and officers heard what he had saying, the king sent someone to kill him. So they tried to kill Jeremiah. Now they're trying to kill Uriah. But Uriah heard about the plan, and he escaped in fear to Egypt. So what did he do? He ran. He escaped in what? In fear. To Egypt. Then King Jehoiakim sent El Nathan, son of Akbar, to Egypt, along with several other men, to capture Uriah. They took him prisoner and brought him back to King Jehoiakim. The king then killed Uriah with the sword and had him buried in an unmarked grave. Nevertheless, Achim, son of Shaphan, stood stood up for Jeremiah and persuaded the court not to turn him over to the mob to be killed. So because Uriah operated out of fear, he lost his life. When he was faced with the test, when he was faced with standing on the word, when he was faced with the attacks of the enemy, he operated out of fear. And what did he do? He, he lost his life. When you operate out of fear in testing, you forfeit your future. That's what that means. You forfeit your future when you operate out of fear because you will never receive what God truly has for you because you forfeit it by fear. Fear always equals death because it kills something inside of you. What does it kill? It kills your faith. Fear kills your faith. You'll stop believing. You operate out of fear? I mean, God, I, I've tried to, I tried to trust you, God, and I just don't see how it works. So now when tests come, fear grips your heart. Now your faith is dead. And now you have no hope for your future. And your future is snuffed off because you operated out of fear. All Uriah had to do is the same thing that Jeremiah did was to stand. He couldn't do it. And because he couldn't stand, he lost his life. I'm not saying you're going to lose your life. But what I'm saying is you can't forfeit your future in God if you don't learn how to stand. When you, when you let fear dominate you, it controls you. It dictates all your moves. You will not make moves because of fear. It could be great opportunities in front of you, but you won't move because you're gripped by fear. I know I should do this, but I just can't do it because I don't know how it's going to end. 
fear grips you, forfeit your future. I can't tell you how many times the enemy has tried to grip me with fear from something that God had for me. And I said, I know I have this fear in my heart, but God, I trust you. So I'm going to stand. And I said, you know what? I'm going to walk into it. And every single time God was with me, every single step of the way to overcome that fear. But I had to make a decision in my heart that says, you know what? I'm going to stand. There's things you're walking through right now in your life. You're going to have to look fear and doubt in the eye and say, you know what? I'm going to stand. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to stand. And I promise you, when you begin to stand and you overcome that fear and doubt, you're going to open up a world of faith that you never thought you'd have before in your life. Boy, you'll start believing for everything. you start believing for other people. you stop thinking about yourself and you say, I'm going to believe with you that God's going to do this. What is that? Now you're becoming more than the overcomer. Not only that I've overcome, but I'm going to help other people overcome fear and doubt. But you'll never get there if you don't stand. You have to learn how to stand. Stand against the attacks of the enemy. Two people, same situation, two different results. One said, I'm going to stand. One said, I'm going to run in fear. Which one are you going to decide today? Are you going to stand or are you going to run in fear? Because there comes a day and a time where God's going to look you in the face with a test. He's going to look at you in the face with an attack from the enemy and says, I'm right here with you the whole step of the way. You just got to make a decision. I'm going to stand. Stand. Make a decision to stand. And I promise you, yes, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that it's going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you it's not going to be fearful because emotions and fear, they're real. But you have to get over them and stand. In spite of your feelings, stand. We got to be overcomers, y'all. I see so many people live a frustrated Christian walk simply because they don't know how to stand. They give into every attack. They don't stand on the word and they don't stand in test. You do those three things. You stand on the word of God. Get you some scriptures deep on the inside of you. Stand on those scriptures. Stand against the attacks of the enemy. You start standing on the word, he will attack. Be warned. Don't be afraid. This is just an opportunity to stand. And stand in the opportunity in the face of testing. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. So, the S stands for stand. Y'all going to find out the other two in the next two weeks. But all this sermon series is, is an opportunity to help you strengthen the inside of you, to help you strengthen your inner man to reach the fullness of what God has for you. The first step in that is you have to stand. You want to reach the fullness of what God has for you? You want to do awesome things for God? Learn how to stand. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to bow their head and close their eyes. And I just want to give a quick opportunity for those that maybe you're watching online, you're in the room, and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Every time the enemy attacks you, he comes against you, you don't stand because you don't have the Lord on the inside of you to help you to stand. So I want to give you an opportunity today. You, whether you're watching online, you're here in the room, and you say, Lord, don't have a relationship with you, but I want to invite you into my heart today. I hear you speaking to me clearly. I hear you tugging on my heart. I want to be in right relationship with you. That's you here in the room. You want to come into a right relationship with God with no one looking around. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I just want you to very reverently just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. 
Just lift up your hand. If you want to come in a relationship with the Lord, amen. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. You online. I know I can't see your hand, but just drop a comment in the comment section. I need salvation. I need prayer. And I'll pray for you throughout the week. I just want everybody just to very reverently place their hand on their hearts and have everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, thank you for your son Jesus dying on the cross for my sin. I receive your mercy and grace today and accept you as my Lord and Savior. Give me the strength to stand in the face of attacks from the enemy and testing. Be my strength. Be my shield. Be my everything that I need to pursue a life worthy of your calling. I love you. I honor you. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. And if you made a decision to follow Christ, if you're in the room, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. Fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket in a few moments. We love to connect with you. But if you're online, drop a comment. I made a, a decision to follow Christ. We'll follow up with you throughout the week. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. This is week one of so stitch and repair. Sometimes your faith needs a little stitching and repairing. You know how you do that? Stand. Come back next week to find out what the E stands for. <laughs> but, man, we love you guys. If you're prepared to give online, we're about to give here in the building in a few moments. There's a few ways you could do that. You can give on our app. You can give on our website. Go to our website, newlifemobile.org. Uh, there's a link there that says Give Now. Or you could go to our uh, uh, website or Facebook page. There's the address there. You can mail in and check a money order. Let's just pray over our tithes and offerings, and then you guys will be dismissed from our online service. Lord, I thank you right now for the offering. I thank you for each and every person that's given today. I thank you, Lord God, that you're blessing each and every person's need, that there's no lack, Lord God, from your people. I thank you for the offering that comes in, that you would use it to be a blessing to this house and to the kingdom of God, that we can make an impact on the world around us. And I thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do with the seed that's given today. Bless it and multiply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. We hope to see you next week, 10 a.m. right here at service, and also uh, this Wednesday, 6.30 for prayer. We love you guys. Y'all have a great Sunday.